Welcome to the Harlan Highway. To the Harlan Highway. It sucks you in. You make us feel important. You are important. My name is Argentina, and I'm going to kill you. Welcome to the Harlan Highway. Well, looky there, looky there, way up above. It's a flock of birds, a big old flock of birds. When was the last time you've been flocked by a flock of birds? Nothing beats a good old flock, huh? Down at the beach. Good old flock at the beach. Could be up at the cottage. Be a beautiful flock. You could see a flock right out your living room window. Could have a good old-fashioned flock at the park. You could flock. You could see a flock from the back seat of your car. You could have a flock on the lawn. You could have a flock on the roof. You could have a flock just about anywhere. Where, where's the Where's the last time you had a good flock? <laughs> you see what I'm doing here? I'm illustrating the use of letters and words and how just an increment can make such a big difference, right? We're not allowed to say the F word, but we are allowed to say flock, a flock of birds, flock of pigeons, people flocked to the stadium to see Ario Speedwagon sing. Can you imagine people flocking all the way to the stadium? <laughs> oh, they'd be flocking over fences. They'd be flocking through turnstiles. They'd be flocking right in front of ticket takers. They'd be flocking towards the stage. They'd just be flocking all over the place. Flock here, a flock there, everywhere a flock, flock. Old MacDonald had a flock. E-I-E-I-O even. Yeah. It's funny how you could go on national TV or on public radio and talk all you want about the great flocks and how they migrate south every winter. Oh, yeah, saw a great flock this uh, winter, yeah. Right in my living room, saw a great old flock. Pervert! Well, they flew right by, they flocked right by me. It's disgusting. Well, I can't help it if they're going to flock all around my house. It's just funny. It's just sounds. It's like a cow moos, right? Cow can go, meh. Or a cow could go, meh. You know, is it all that different? Sure, tonally, pitch-wise, little variables. So take the word flock and the other F word. How far off are they? Yet one of them's just perfectly acceptable. You can say it anywhere, anytime, and it's just, it's not all that different. It just sounds. I'm just so flock and confused, I, I don't even know what to say. But anyways, how the flock are you? Are you flocking good? 
I'm flocking good. I hope you're flocking good. Welcome to the flocking Harlan flocking highway. <laughs> There's just birds all around. You're probably giving me the bird right now. You're probably giving me a whole flock of middle fingers right now. Wanting me to shut up about flocking. Okay. I get it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. If you have anything to say about language or obscenities or even flocking, you can call me and leave me a voicemail at 323-215-1486. 323-215-1486. And... Uh, you can talk to me about anything. If you leave me a good message, a funny message, something creative, something silly, something cool, I might just put it on the old Holland Highway. How about that? Do you like it when I talk like a little old Louisiana old lady just sitting on a porch drinking a tall, cool glass of lemonade? You, boy... Come have some lemonade with old Ma Fritters up here on the porch. Take your boots off and sit back in a rocking chair and just have some lemonade with old Croc Fritters. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? How did I suddenly turn into a, a Cajun Louisiana old lady on a porch? Offering lemonade to some kid playing with toads out on the lawn. And bring your toad too, little fella. Have some nice cold lemonade. Oh, Ma Fritter's freshly made lemonade. Ah, oh, go flock yourself. Ooh. Anyways, um... Uh, you know what? Let's get off topic here. Let's just switch gears. Let's. Uh, I'm going to switch gears right now. Welcome to the Harland Highway. I'm putting it into gear. We were in first. I'm switching it into second right now. All right, Harland Highway listeners. Uh, here's one of the most fun things to do in life, but also one of the most frustrating things to do in life. Having a shower with your significant other. That's a lot of fun. It's intimate. It's playful. It's sexy. You're both standing in there naked, right? Glistening from head to toe, scrubbing each other, lathering, foaming up, kissing and chuckling. The water cascading down on one of you. Yeah. That's never fun, right? It's like showers are small. They're made for one one person. So, you have to decide who gets the warm water cascading all over them, and who has to stand there watching this looking like a wet, soggy puppy out in the rain. Yeah, because only one of you can uh, get coated in that steamy, hot water. If you're a guy, you feel bad because you should always be a gentleman and let the girl stand in the water. But at the same time, you're like, screw that. I want that water on me, man. So all of a sudden, inadvertently, we become hicks. We, we become farm folk. And here's what I mean. In order to keep the warm water on both, you got to start doing a square dance. you got to keep moving around and 
twirling around so that, that you each walk under the water every few minutes, every 20 seconds or so, you got to rotate. Oh, yeah, it's called the shower square dance, man. Stand in the water, take your time, grab that soap and scrub and shine. Hey, she's been in there long enough, pull her out and slap her duff. Hey, do si do and twirl back, grab the soap, scrub your crack. Hey, ho dee dee do, dum lady, step in time, hey lady. Yeah, that's the shower square dance when you're in there with someone else, man. Twirl, twirl, twist and twirl, jump around like a flying squirrel. Grab your partner by the hair, smash their head into the wall. Hey, no, that's no, that's wrong. But uh, anyways, go to dance school, learn how to square dance, and I promise you, your showers with your partner will be a lot smoother. Keep it clean, right here on the Harland Highway. Hey, dee 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 dee. Oh, now there is a lost art form, man. Square dancing. Does anyone even do it anymore? How many of you in the course of your lifetime have been to a barn dance or a square dance or step dancing or anything like that? I've been there. I've I've been to barn dances. I've I've been to uh I've been to step dancing. I remember going to an old community center, a barn or something when I was, I think it was out in Prince Edward Island or New Brunswick on the east coast of Canada. And all the kids are raised up there to clog and step dance and jump around like they're standing on hot coals. And I got to tell you, man, just the fiddle music, maybe I'll take up fiddling. You know, everyone's always looking for something new to do. That'd be nice and pretentious. Hey, man, I just bought a new Harley. How about you? Oh, I'm taking some fiddling classes. What the hell? I want to do that. Ah, buzz off. Go ride your Harley. But when you when you get into something like that, like a small community, especially back then when I was growing up, man, I can still remember I had an old cold bottle of Mountain Dew in my hand and... It was dust in the air, and it was just like a scene from that, what what was that movie that Harrison Ford did, Witness? Suddenly this big city cop is peeling onions and shucking corn with the Mennonites or whatever the hell they were, the Quakers. (laughs) Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, sitting around peeling onions and slicing up carrots and whatnot, but... I tell you what, man, you get in that barn and you got the dust and the hay and people are like dressed fancy, but country folk fancy back in the day, you know, country folk fancy back in the day was pulling out the the nice overalls and the fresh straw hat and uh, the recently washed plaid shirt. And I don't know, there was a, there was a real down-homeness to it, man. There was a real sense of community. There was a real intimacy. There was a, a real realness to it all. I have vivid memories of that as a kid. And I just don't know that you get that anymore, man. I hope you do. I'm, I'm sure there's places somewhere where it still happens. But if you've never done it, if you've been a city folk your whole life, and, and don't give me your attitude like, yeah, 
I'm going to go to a barn dance, sure. You know what? Lose the attitude, city folk. Because I'm a city folk, but I spend time in the country too. And just shed the city folk tood for five minutes and try and track down a small town where there's going to be a strawberry festival or a blueberry festival or a cranberry festival or a dingleberry festival. I don't care. Go out of your way this summer and find one of these little hick towns and check it out, man. Try and go to a farming community, you know, where they got corn and turnips and parsley and... (laughs) You know, apples and stuff. I don't. Why do I laugh when I say parsley? I don't know. Somehow it didn't fit. But get in on it, man. It feels. Uh, it gives you that feeling of uh, good old fashioned America. It's vanishing. It's almost gone. Now people gather around their low riders and blast rap music and. The tides, they have a change. Not the tides, they are a change in. The tides, they have a changed. Yeah. Things are changing. But check it out, man. And I don't even know if square dancing exists anymore, man. But if it does, it would be fun. I never square danced. I'd heard it, but it would be fun. Maybe I'll go to dance school, learn how to square dance. Ah. Uh. I love dancing in shapes here on the Harland Highway. And now it's time for a summertime letter from the Harland Highway. Dear Hazel, the summer has been going fantastically out at the lake. The children have been playing and the weeping willows have been blowing in the sun. As I sit here on the veranda, sipping an icy cold glass of lemonade, I'm reminded of the days of our youth when you and I would play out in the heather and chase butterflies and dragonflies and lay on our backs and marvel at the clouds floating in the sky. I miss those days. I miss our childhood. But things are better now. Things are so much better now that I've been out of jail and free of all the charges pended against me. No longer do I carry the weight of the triple homicides, the explosions, and the eating of human flesh. Okay, hold it. Hold it. That, where did this... No, I'm not reading that letter. And who's the British guy? I'm your official letter reader. No. Find a better letter. That, That one got really creepy. Shall I finish it? Yeah, as long as it's not creepy. Absolutely. All right, finish it up. The swans are swimming gracefully across the lake. As the sun sets, I'm reminded of the time Mother brought down the Monopoly board and we all played into the wee hours of the night, laughing and giggling, sharing stories and spending time together. Oh, how I yearn for the days when the family was all assembled at the summer house, all of us smashing the heads of small baby porcupines with canoe paddles, throwing rocks at birds' nests and watching the babies fall to the ground, stepping on the fragile heads, listening to them pop as the stars... Hold it! Hold it! What is... Get them out of here! What's the matter? Uh, These letters... 
They're supposed to be summary and nice, and they just keep going weird. Shall I find some other letters? Yes. Get them out. I feel ill. And then we would put the puppies in the bag and throw them into the lake, listening to their whines as they slowly submerged into the milky black... Get them out! Take the letters out of his hands. I'll never forget when Father rolled the truck over Timmy and severed his leg. Get him out! And stop that cheesy music every time he reads. This stuff isn't pretty. Harlan Williams, have a great summer. Try and ignore what you just heard here on the Harland Highway. I'll never forget when Mother woke up in bed between me and... Get- Ooh, creepy. Creepy guy. How about you? Did you ever have uh, that creepy guy in your neighborhood? Did you ever have the Boo Radley? You know, that creepy guy who lurked in his basement? The, The guy from To Kill a Mockingbird? I think every neighborhood had that one questionable guy in that one kind of creepy house. Um, interestingly enough, when I grew up, we had that guy right next door. Like literally his front door was probably about, I'd say about 24 feet from our front door. His name was Mr. Jim. That's all we knew him as. I, I, I never knew his last name. I never knew. We just called him Mr. Jim. And he looked like the guy from the game Operation. Except he had glasses. He had glasses and bad teeth. And he was a little bit pudgy. He wasn't a big fat guy, but a little bit pudgy. And hair on the sides and a bald head. And a real friendly guy. He came from Newfoundland. Newfoundland, Canada. Okay? And uh, his name was Mr. Jim. And everyone in the neighborhood was scared of the guy. But me and my two older sisters, we just worshipped him. We love this guy because our parents were not um, the type of parents that liked to spend money on us. They never took us out for treats. They never took us for fast food to get uh, a pizza ordered in or Chinese food maybe once a year, if that. And that was like huge. I was like winning the lottery, right? But lo and behold, this this guy next door who who had an unkempt lawn, okay, his grass would grow really high, you know, like you expected to wake up in the morning and see like the great herds of Africa grazing in his front yard, zebras and wildebeests and giraffes. But the guy had no garden, no shrubbery, nothing, just a flat slice of land with, with grass on it growing thickly. You could clearly see the division between our front lawn and his front lawn because his was about four feet high and ours was very well manicured and green and nice. And there's no flowers, no acriments, no trim around the house. It was just the house was built and they got the keys and went inside and the curtains were never open. (laughs) And when you're a kid, you know, you don't know, you don't care, you don't question. I just thought the guy was a little odd, but he was friendly. And what happened is 
you know, back when I was growing up, that you didn't really think about pedophiles and child perverts and murderers and kidnappers and rapists and all that crap. You just kind of took everyone at face value and that stuff you didn't really hear about or think about, right? So my parents let us interact with this guy, this Mr. Jim, and we loved him. This guy, like I said, our parents took us nowhere. So Mr. Jim would always like, you know, every now and then, a few, four or five times a year, drive us to Dairy Queen. And our parents were like, yeah, go with Mr. Jim. And he was an adult and we were kids and we grew up in a very conservative house. We weren't even allowed to say the word shut up. We certainly could never comment if there was a flock of birds in the yard. Look at the flock, mommy. <laughs> ah, I just said flock. You're going straight to hell, you little whippersnapper. Ah, flock you. So anyways, this guy would take us to Dairy Queen, and he was the first adult ever that kind of broke that barrier between kid talk and adult talk, and, and now that I'm talking about it, I'm wondering to this day if maybe he influenced me with his sense of humor and his his childness and his, his childlike behavior that I adored. This was a guy that when we were driving to Dairy Queen would fart, a grown man farting. We'd never heard such a thing as little kids. It just wasn't done, especially not in our house. And I got to tell you, man, we we laughed till we couldn't breathe. I mean, we already couldn't breathe from the farts, but this guy had an old rickety car, the Mr. Jim Mobile, and he'd fart and he'd sing and he'd say silly little stupid poems. I was running down the sidewalk. I was out in a race. I fell on the ground and cracked my wife's face and just crazy rhymes that made no sense. But as kids, we couldn't get enough of it, man. It was more of a treat than the Dairy Queen. And then we get to Dairy Queen and Mr. Jim, who had no kids, no family, kind of a recluse. He was like our Boo Radley. (laughs) He would buy us anything we wanted. And we were very polite. We were raised well. We weren't we weren't uh, the type of kids that, uh, you know, just made a smash and grab. We were very humble and, and very respectful and grateful for anything we got. So, you know, we'd go in and get one ice cream cone each or a Sunday, or and this guy would just pay for us and we'd drive home stuffing our face with Dairy Queen and he'd be farting and telling his jokes. and I don't know. It was It was a riot, man. And um, nowadays, you got a creepy guy in your neighborhood, and he ain't no Mr. Jim, okay? He's more like Mr. Dahmer or Mr. Bundy or Mr. John Wayne Gacy. It's just some at some point, somewhere, sometime, everything just took a turn towards Creepyville, man. I, I long for the days of Boo Radley and Mr. Jim and maybe even that kid from Powder. Remember that albino freak that lived in a root cellar and had pale skin and bent utensils with his brain? But no, you can't have a lovable freak anymore in your neighborhood. If there's a freak in your neighborhood, man, you're you got to lock your kids up.
Letting them go to Dairy Queen with Mr. Jim nowadays? Are you kidding me? Sayonara, those kids ain't coming back. Hire some police divers and look in the bottom of Lake. I want to kill you. See if you can find your youngins. Oh, getting morbid here. Well, Mr. Jim, if you're listening, I don't even know if you're still alive, but thank you for the joy. Thank you for the Dairy Queen. Thank you for impacting our childhood. And for all you kind of recluse, demented, Boo Radley, Mr. Jim's out there, reach out. Reach out and see, I can't even say it. Reach out and touch a kid in your neighborhood. You can't, it's the, the world's changed. I, I can't even, I feel weird even saying reach out. You know it ain't going to happen. It's just sad. It's just sad. I think I'll go dress up like a ham and try and find Boo Radley and together we'll go kill a mockingbird here. On the Harland Highway. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jim. I don't know. Do we want this guy again? I, I, don't, I don't think it went that well last time. Okay. Hey, folks. Harlan Williams here on the Harland Highway. And last week, we had a guy come in and read summertime letters over the air. I don't know. Do we have... Okay. Well, here he is again. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. All right. Did you want to read... One of these summer letters? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Okay, just go ahead. Dear Catherine, I'm sitting here at the summer home out on the porch, looking out at the lawn and watching the birds and the butterflies play in the hot summer breeze. I've been here three days and a fortnight, awaiting your return anxiously. Long do I miss our long walks in the sunset. Long do I miss our romantic interludes in the gazebo. And long do I miss when the pygmies ran out of the bushes and started beating you with sticks until your skin turned raspberry blue. Hey, hey, whoa! Yes? See, this is why I didn't like it last time. What are you talking about? You started these flowery, nice, summery letters, and then suddenly they tailspin into these violent... Twisted, bizarre, ugly scenarios. Well, I'm just here to do my job. You asked me to read summer letters, and I... I know. Okay, just finish. I remember as we sat on the bench down by the lake, the bulrushes whistling in the breeze. I could hear children playing in the background, and then their little giggles turned to screams as I heard them run. Through the trap door I had put on the veranda, and they fell into a bucket full of nails and pierced the skin. Whoa! Excuse me? What? What is that? A trap door? The kids fall through and land on nails? Well, that's what the letter says. Where are you getting these letters? May I continue? Okay, go. Fit. Finish up. Thank you. I'd ask you not to interrupt. Just finish up. As another season draws to a close, I think of you, Stephanie. I think of your green hazel eyes, your lavender skin, your beautiful crimson lips, and your long flowing hair. 
I'll never forget as I watched you walk away and I released a full-grown Bengal tiger and it jumped on you and started ripping your entrails out of your... Hey! I'm almost finished. No, you're done. The tiger consumed your lower torso until... Stop it! Until nothing was left but the marrow in your skinny bone. Stop it! Get him out of here! I've got another one. Out! This is ridiculous. Where'd you get this guy? I'm from London, England. 54 Chestire Street. MP... Get out! Harlan Williams, have a great summer. Try and ignore that guy. Little Timmy fell off the well again. Out! Harlan Williams.